Welcome to MIA 2K, your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We're Kathy and Laura, and we're so happy you could join us today. You probably know us from, just kidding, you don't know us yet. We're just two Miami girls with obsessive fandom tendencies who fell into the inescapable void of Korean entertainment. And we're here to share our insights and spill all the tea only grown fans like us can enjoy. We've done all the research and acclimating so you don't have to. Before we begin, please make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you love visuals like us, you can watch us on our YouTube channel. We drop episodes with our hot and sunny takes every week. Hi, guys. Hey, hey. In these next couple of weeks, we're going to get into the very fun topic of we don't know if to call them sister, brother, cousins, but related labels that are near and dear to our hearts, AOMG and higher music, and maybe even more vision. We'll talk about, we'll see what we manage to say, but basically we just want to give the due flowers to Jay Park for founding these labels. And we want to talk about some of the artists because there's way too many between both to get into the nitty gritty detail but we want to talk about our faves and we just wanted to highlight the powerhouse that is brewing at AOMG right now. And it's nearing its 10th anniversary. So what a time to be alive. Yeah. And I would just like to add that in the future, we will also be doing episodes on our favorite artists where we focus just on them. So these couple of episodes are really just an overview on them and their position within the label. Yeah, so uh, keep on listening and or watching to find out everything that we like about AOMG today. Next week, we'll come back to talk about higher music and we'll just touch briefly on more vision today because they literally just got founded five seconds ago. So we there's not that much to say. But we'll we'll talk about them a little bit today in this episode. So enjoy. So okay. today's episode, we'll be talking about AOMG because we're going in chronological order. And that was the first label that was founded by Jay Park. So we'll start there. And in order to talk about Jay Park's labels and his ventures, we actually have to start by talking about him. The myth, the man, the legend, Mr. Pak Jebom. Laura, if you want to start, because I think I should give you the honors, given the fact that you were the one who introduced me and led us both down this rabbit hole that will not end. Yes. So it basically all started with Jay Park. I've said this a million times and I will continue to say it a million times. Before I got into this whole K-pop thing, I was really heavy into reggaeton. And going from reggaeton to K-pop is really jarring because they're very different genres in a sense that k-pop is very many genres but the overall theme i would say is that it's very family friendly yes yes they're gyrating and thrusting everywhere but for the most part their songs tend to be clean if they are talking about mature content they'll say it in a way that doesn't sound dirty at all so it's it's very different going from reggaeton where bad bunny is saying literal things literal acts (laughs) literal everything and then going into k-pop plus like the sounds are very different because k-pop tends to be more pop more edm heavy very whatever is in at that moment right Mm -hmm. so it went from reggaeton to 
K-R-N-B and hip hop. And the first person that I ever encountered was Jay Park. And I encountered him because of TikTok. There's this one TikTok of him in a green shirt. I don't remember what song he's singing, but he's vibing. And he has this big dick energy that overflows from like this 15 second TikTok. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to look into who this guy is. And when I did, his music is really great. It's very much R&B and rap. His more popular stuff is what's very R&B heavy, but he also has very rap, just rap songs. He calls himself the grandfather of hip hop, of Korean hip hop, Korean rap. And like, it makes sense. He, I guess we should go back to where he came from. So Jay Park is Korean American. When he was still in the United States, he uh, was b-boying. He joined and became one of the first members of a b-boy crew called Art of Movement, which will be important because AOMG, the name came from it. And it was actually his mother who suggested um, that he audition for JYP. She saw him a little bit as a sangano and so she wanted at least for him to do something. And that's how he became a trainee for JYP. And for our English speakers, Sangano means a lazy person, mm-hmm. a couch potato, or yeah. someone who it just doesn't have like a north to follow. Yeah. I- which he did because he was b-boying his heart out. But sometimes parents don't really understand things outside of like the normal, especially immigrant parents don't understand things outside of the normal career paths, like lawyer, engineer, doctor. Especially kind of Asian and Hispanic and uh, Black parents typically are seen as the more strict when it comes to what they want to see out of their children. He made it through and that's how he became a trainee for JYP. So he started in Korean entertainment as an idol, which is, I'm laughing only because if you know Jay Park, it's kind of funny that he started as an idol because idols are supposed to be perfect and role models. Problematic. And unproblematic and Jay Park is not perfect. He's a role model, but like in a different way. But before we go on, we both would like to say no one's perfect, right? And we see Jay Park as someone who puts his foot in his mouth quite a bit, but he never does it out of evil or there's no malice behind whatever scandal he finds himself in. I think, and I think Laura thinks the same way that he has good intentions for the most part and he just doesn't really have a filter so sometimes he gets into a lot of trouble because of what he says but it doesn't mean that he has any malice behind anything that he just lets out of his mouth yeah. it's mostly been about things he says that he's been in trouble for mm-hmm. and this is what well, i mean obviously we don't know jay park personally but this is right. just what we get from all the content, all the interviews, what he puts out there for for people to see. He became a trainee. He debuted with 2PM and he was their leader. (laughs) A year after their debut, he got into some scandals and he had to go back to the U.S. Basically, he left 2PM and he had to start all over again. And that kind of that change in career kind of led him to become who he is today. And that's where I think his reason for founding these labels came from. So once he became a solo artist, he wasn't able to fit in in any of the labels that existed. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to fit in, he decided to create his own. And that's where AOMG came from. I think, I mean, I think Jay Park's story is convoluted. So it just makes sense for our 
take on him to be convoluted as well. That's true. I'll just say, uh, once Laura found him, she sent me his TikToks or the TikToks of him doing Mome. And that's when it was over for me. I completely lost my North at the time and my, my taste my aspirations in life and everything changed after that video so shout out to tiktok shout out to jay park shout out to mome and it that song truly is just uh it's iconic it was a cultural reset and it's it's timeless absolutely so Mm -hmm. the last thing that i wanted to say about him was that we mentioned him in our episode about rap idol rappers versus rappers and idol groups Mm -hmm. because I personally think he is the blueprint of an artist who can absolutely sing beautifully and also deliver content heavy bars and hip hop and rap that you believe because most of the Mm -hmm. rappers in the K idol industry, it's hard to believe them and to buy them as rappers. But with him, he really does both flawlessly. So I I think that that's why he is where he is because his talent is just undeniable. And he also has an eye to recognize other talents. So Mm -hmm. he's given a platform to so many people, which is what we're going to talk about today and next week with these, with these episodes and these on based on these labels. And actually we wanted to talk about the fact that he just resigned as CEO from both labels. And we'll get a little bit more into that. But one of the reasons he did that is because He has been very vocal about the fact that he wants to start and manage his own idol group and he wants to reshape the way that Korea has their relationship with idols. So he founded a new label called More Vision because that that label literally just launched like two seconds ago. There isn't that much to talk about yet. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough content to do a full episode on it. So we're just going to share really quickly what has happened so far, what we know of and what's what we think is coming and then we're gonna jump right into aomg so again jay resigned as ceo of both higher music and aomg on december 31st of 2021 he had been the ceo of both labels and managed them until he said that now everything is kind of running smoothly things are running themselves with all the people that he's put in place so he doesn't really need to be there for the day-to-day big decisions anymore again he's been saying that he wants to form and manage an idol group so he couldn't really do that with his existing labels and he started something new from scratch before he released the name of the new label company he had been appearing in some videos under a new handle called more vision project so i really like the fact that the letters stand for mvp i think it's all of his labels in the name have a lot of meaning and it could tell you how he feels about himself and how he sees uh, his place in the industry. So I think here he's making it very clear that they're going to become the most valuable players in the industry. That's what he's setting out to do with this label and the people that are going to be launched from it. So I'm really excited to see that. And one of the best interviews that I've seen so far recently, uh, more talk with Yu Hee-yeol, and in that interview, he started talking about all of these things very openly. I don't, I think Jay Park is one of those people who 
because he was raised in America, has a lot less restraint when he talks about his projects and his ambitions. He's very open about what he's doing to an extent. Obviously, whatever he can say, that's not under wraps. So that interview is a really good overview to who he is today. So he just released Ganadara with IU, which when Laura and I first saw the news that he had gotten her to feature on one of his songs, we were both like, <gasps> like Korea's sweetheart of like perfection accepting to be in a song with korea's prodigal son is as epic as it gets like it's just it was too much and once the song came out absolute banger loved it from the first listen jay park really knows how to make mainstream music it's incredible his talent and his ear for that he i love a lot of different music but when it comes to the commercial stuff i think he just like the ease with which he can just drop a banger with like without a care in the world like i know summer ride was supposed to be a commercial but it, i don't it care. is a commercial i know but i don't care <laughs> it's such a good song so anyway ganada was a banger it is a banger i'm so happy that it's doing really well i'm happy that we got all the behind the scenes and the tea from iu and him themselves and um i use palette show that she did with him so finding out that they have actually had the song made for two years and he was waiting until the right time to release it so i guess he had these plans since before the pandemic and he's like had to halt everything so i thought it was super smart of him to get iu to start or to have the first project under more vision because she she's the perfect idol like the per literally, literally. and so it, it it made it it was so smart of him to have her feature in his first song with this label that he wants to have um, idol groups in. So yeah, it was very good. Finally, getting to the meat of the episode, AOMG. So as Laura mentioned earlier, Jay was in a b-boy group back in Seattle when he lived in the States called Art of Movement, AOM. And when he went to found this label, AOMG, he kept within the same acronym, but he made it stand for something different, which is Above Ordinary music group yes and again everything that jay park does with his labels and with his everything has a meaning so he's trying he was trying to set the standard from very early on that he's not being basic and none of his artists are basic and they're going above and beyond whatever people are doing in the status quo so jay park founded aomg in 2013 and then in 2014 simon dominic came on board as co-ceo Mm -hmm. He remained as such until 2018. And when he dropped out of the role, he dropped the mic with a song. I think it's called Mino J Park. Park. Mm -hmm. Mino J Park. And I think there's, they still, I think you can tell that they're still good friends and they're still collaborating and they're still fine. But I think Simon got to see the weight and the pressure of being a CEO. And he was not about that life, even if it was shared. So he's like, I'm not cut out for this. I'm going to keep making music. Thanks for the opportunity. Didn't love it. Now under AOMG, there's a lot of artists, 19 to be exact. And we're not going to talk about all of them because we don't really know a lot of the information on all these artists. We have a few that are our, our faves and that stand out to us. And one notable one that I think also deserves being mentioned, Korean Zombies on MMA Fighter. I remember in my very early J-Park following on Instagram and stuff, I saw him promoting Korean Zombie. There was a lot of 
drama around Jay Park being his translator and mistranslating things and whatever. There's always drama when it comes to Jay Park. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And but you know, there's the whole thing of like there's no such thing as bad press. Jay Park really takes that to heart. And so anyway, I just think it's really notable that he has an MMA fighter <laughs> under his music label because yeah, it's just it, I guess it just makes sense in Jay Park's head. So the mm-hmm. fact that he represents him is really cool. And that's pretty much it. So with that, uh, Laura, I don't know if you want to start with some artists and we can jump in and yeah. talk team and get through I, them all. I think we should begin with Gray. Let's. He was actually uh, one of the founding artists, one of the mm-hmm. first artists that got signed. Gray is a producer and then a singer mm-hmm. and rapper. He is really well known to make really really good beats mm-hmm. really good songs matter of fact some of uh jay park's most iconic songs have been produced by gray mm-hmm. and it wasn't until last year that he released his first album mm-hmm. his first studio album mm-hmm. which was a big deal because he's been in the music industry since 2012 and anybody or everybody in the Korean industry knows who he is because of his producing skills. So he's actually debuted a little bit older, which is great because I think it shows that Jay Park is able to see above the age thing that a lot of, I feel like in Korea, age is really important, right? And the younger you are, the better it is. Yeah. But within AOMG and higher, that's not really a thing. He just looks at talent talent so the fact that gray was signed on being a little bit older than the rest was pretty cool before his first album he also featured heavily (laughs) with other artists he might not have had any of his own like albums but he was featured yeah way too much especially with jay park and local yeah and whenever i hear his producer tag i know it's gonna be a great song it's true. So I guess with with Gray, we should move on to Simon Dominic. He was in the industry before he joined AOMG. And I think he's considered one of the more seasoned and known rappers or hip hop artists in South Korea. His music is... Well, the funny thing about Simon Dominic is that Laura introduced him to me with the Simon D song, <laughs> so, which so I was good. not a fan I didn't get it like when there's something that's like a commentary on whatever it's especially in Korean I guess in English it's different because I would understand at least uh, what's being portrayed but Laura was just like Kathy you have to listen to this song it's so iconic and I was just like this is not for me so but then I saw him like playing it to his parents and somehow that was really endearing and I I bought it like whatever he was telling me I, I I bought in so I would just say his music I think he's very savage with his lyrics in general and he's just like has a really good perspective as someone who doesn't really care what people think so I I like that about his music and I think his music is also super distinct like you know it's a Simon D track like yeah. it just has this like vibe and this and well, his voice is also very distinct. So like it just it makes it 
very him in general. Another artist that we wanted to cover is Lehigh. I'm super obsessed with her. Laura hasn't really joined the train, even though she likes her because of her, Mm -hmm. probably for her bitch face and for a couple of other reasons, but that's typically Laura's hook. I got to know Lehigh, well, when she appeared on Hoodie's cooking show for the first time. And then ever since that episode, I dove very deep into her music. Her showcase of Breathe was one of the most breathtaking, literally, like ironically, things I've ever seen. Like just after the passing of her friend for her to do that song, I couldn't. And I I will never understand the strength that she had for that. So I absolutely just think she's a queen. And her album only, I actually listened to it a lot. And I wanted to buy the physical one and Laura didn't let me. And I will forever hold that grudge against her. But you asked me to stop you. So I did. I did. Don't even. I, I have to be stopped because if not, I will acquire all the things. But yeah, her voice is amazing. Her OSTs for dramas are wonderful. She just has it all. She's a total package. And uh, oh, she came. I should mention we talked about her in the Women With Stand uh, episode. But she came up through the K-pop star show. She got second place. Jamie placed first. So Jamie went to JYP. Lehigh went to YG. She hated being treated like an, an idol and just enduring the whole um, lifestyle that they have to put up with. So she left. And Code Cunts was the one that uh, convinced her to join AOMG and under the leadership of Jay Park. And she trusted her friend and she joined. And I think she's very happy where she is. And we love mm-hmm. that for her. I think another one that uh, we would like to mention is Hoodie. She was the first woman to be signed under AOMG. Um, and she's my favorite, like Vocalist. woman, vocal, like, yeah, in, in, in AOMG. I think she's, she has a voice that fits very, very many different styles. Her music is super chill. It's, it's not, yeah, it's super chill. It's very good. It, it's not, it's not fuckboy at all. <laughs> However, she is able to bring her vocals to like Jay Park songs and a lot of her other label mates. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it makes sense. Even though she doesn't look like she has their vibe, she still is able to bring it just as much as they do. Does that make sense? Like it does. Yeah. If you look at her, she's very soft spoken. She's super tall, but like she just looks soft. And she's very soft-spoken and she's an introvert, but she's still able to stand on her own and bring it every time she's featured in other artists' songs. And even in her own songs, she has this low-key, quiet, big dick energy that I love. All I can think of when it comes to her is that her name is really well picked because her voice and her whole thing is like a hoodie wrapped around you. So I think mm-hmm. it's just, it just fits her. It just makes sense. That's all. I agree. That was beautiful. Uh, you know. And we love the, the cooking show that she had. And we want her to keep doing it because like Laura said, she's very introverted. So she has a very quiet way of, in, uh, of interviewing people. And I think it makes others feel comfortable because when you go on shows, you always feel like you have to match this level of energy and you have to be entertaining and you have to be like, this version of yourself and with her I don't think her guests ever felt like they had to do anything or be anything other than who they were mm-hmm. so I really like the show nothing could give me more anxiety than cooking for a bunch of people on tv 
nothing like it's literally my worst nightmare so I just admire her so badly for just being such a bad bitch and then even getting like a frozen food line out of her dishes that she made like the the bad bitch big dick energy is next level so next level love her Mm -hmm. I think we can talk about Davida as well got to know her through her feature on Yu-Gi-Oh's album and I've now that she dropped her own with American Gothic or I don't know if that was an album maybe it was an EP uh, mm-hmm. American Gothic was really good. I really enjoyed her album. Bonnie and Clyde uh, was great. I'm really happy that Jungkook put her song Superstar on blast because I really want her to get more views and more exposure. I think Jay Park really believes in her and because he does, so do I. And her voice is just out of this world. Her personality is super weird and I fucking love her. I love her on social media and all the weird shit that she posts. And yeah, I, I like her vibe when she gives interviews, like she really is very real and where she seems very real, at least. So I fucks with her a lot. Yeah, I haven't really listened to her latest one, but I looked into her. I don't remember why. I think maybe Jay Park mentioned her or something. So I started looking into her and I listened to her first EP, Creme, and I really liked her. I actually sent her music to Kathy and another one of our friends just because I I thought our other friend would really, really enjoy her because her music is a little bit weird, a little bit out there, but also really, really good. Are you talking about Anna? Yeah, I sent it to you guys like in 2021, 2020. She ignored me, but it's fine. I still believe that she would like her. So I mean, I have to keep like, I, I don't know, 2% of my personality somehow. <laughs> then you like her now. So thank you. I have to reject you. <laughs> like at first, like at least make you work for it, bro. Like. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought when I first heard her and like, I, I really liked her Avita song. Mm-hmm. I, I really thought that. Anna would like her and because her music was in English I didn't think she would notice that she was like Korean American <laughs> I think I think it makes a lot of sense that you sent her um and I, I, I it's unfortunate that Anna didn't get into her because I agree with you that I think she would totally get into it and also I just wanted to say really quickly from the from the last album the um eat your heart out buddy Kane video like she I can just see how like I want to live one day in her brain I just want to live one day in her brain it's just beautiful it's chef's kiss that that whole visual was amazing and another artist is Loco he just came back from his military leave like last year I think it was and his music is cute yes it changes with his you know like all artists it changes with like the different stations of his life and all of this but it is so generally cute and like good I he just he just looks like a really good person like just one of those really reserved thoughtful like kind of people mm-hmm. he, he may not be but like that's just what he shows and I'm buying it he did an ODG video right after he came back from the military And it was basically just kind of talking about how he felt coming back. And it was so crazy to see a grown man connect with a child in a way that was smart. How how do I say it? Like, usually when adults try to connect with children, they try to go down to their level so they can understand. But I think in that video, it was 
really great to see because Loco didn't dumb it down. He brought it to, you know, an in-between level, maybe with words that Mm -hmm. the the child could understand, but the feelings and the meaning, the very adult feelings and the very adult situation was there and like feeling lonely, feeling like he wasn't sure what he was going to come back to when he came back. And the way that he connected with this boy was, it was really nice. I love ODG and I love what they do for humanizing and and taking artists out of that persona. They have to go into for variety shows, but that's not what this is about. With Loco, I love when he interacts with women. It makes my Mm -hmm. day because he is so shy and so like cutely awkward. So Mm -hmm. I when he did the collab last year with Lee Sung Kyung, is that her name? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Yeah, it is. It, he, the, the videos that were dropped, because like there was this whole thing about like they both posted pictures from the same day at the shoot and like K-media went insane and netizens were conspiring about the relationship and all these things. And then I saw the behind the scenes of it all. It was really cute. And like when they first met, the like the if the formalities and like the distance and like all the you know the Korean culture really was showcased throughout the video and the song was just really cute and everything was great and when I saw him with Wasa I was just oh like my God. man this man oh I, he God. just needs to do every song with women like just forever please uh so I'm just obsessed with that but again I think he's one of the least intimidating men that I have seen in the industry that genuinely looks like he has a generally a nice demeanor and he's approachable and he's not like you know trying to insult people or or drop mm-hmm. like this is here and there like he's a very different like he's the most standout the different member i think that's constantly around jay like out of all the rappers and heavy hitters that he has in both labels so just yeah. really appreciate him and he's cute very cute and finally we want to talk about aomg's most popular i guess yeah most well-known artist yeah <laughs> and that is yugium from got seven when i found well when we found out that got seven no, it was all you i was okay. i was not really in the, <laughs> let's not pretend I was, when when i found out that they were leaving jyp i had very high hopes for them i wanted them to find a home that would be able to give them what they wanted. When I found out that Yugium had signed with AOMG, I literally could not live that day. I barely worked. <laughs> I was just so excited because I knew that he was going to be able to do what he wanted. He was going to be able to bring his color, his own personality into his music without having to worry about the typical idol rules, idol things like comebacks and going into a million music shows. And I mean, he did all of that, but it, it was different. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain myself. So I was really, really excited. And his first mini album was everything. I, I, you can see JB's influence on the maknae <laughs> but he also was able to bring his own color because jb released something else and it sounded like you could tell like he influenced him but he had his own sound and i think kathy 
has way more to say about this mini album than I do. So it's really funny because Laura was just talking about the day that she found out that Yu-Gi-Oh! had signed with AOMG. So I, I, let me let me bring you guys back. They Their contract with JYP ended in January. And then at the time, I didn't know about AOMG or Hire or anything. I, I just knew Jay Park and a couple of other artists, but I didn't. I, I, the math wasn't mathing in my brain at the time about who was who and why. So Laura was having a fucking panic attack. Aniption. Like this woman had lost her shit because this guy had gone signed to this out to this label. And I was like, Laura does this a lot where she like thinks you know what she's talking about and she presents her with zero context. And again, I had no idea what was going on. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. He's finally gonna be able to dance and like showcase his thing and do his thing. And I was just like, I don't know why this is a big deal, but like sure. And then, you know, months later, I get into things and I'm, I finally start to understand. I'm like, we talked one day and I was like, I finally know why you were dying that day. So I got it right. He drops his album. I listened to this freaking album on repeat for months, like the whole thing front to back. There's no there's that's a no skips album. One hundred percent. His feature with Davida, the fucking best. His feature with uh, Gray, so good. And the fact that they had a, a video for it and that they have this whole storyline about how the girl cheated and like all these things. Again, like Laura said, things that would have been impossible for him to do if he had remained as like an actual idol idol. Now he's just like an artist. He's still, you know, keeping his life private and being because he still has a popularity and he can still pull all the sales and all the things as an idol. But now he has a little bit more freedom. So the fact that they did that whole storyline and what it was just, incredible the fact that he drops like dance videos every now and then with like his dance crews and practicing so happy for him and i don't know that there's like one song in particular from that album there's no one standout they're all great and it's impressive for that being being his first album and i i wasn't an agasa when like god seven was big so i don't know if he had like a lot of songwriting credits or producing or anything while they were working uh, together, assuming going by JYP's reputation with the group, I assume he didn't really have the chance to. So I, we really, I don't think knew what to expect when he came out with his own music and 10 out of 10, no notes. He, he did uh, write some songs while he I'm was sure he with got seven, yeah. but it wasn't that many. He wasn't, um, I think, when he was in GOT7, one of the members that got a lot of lines uh, when it came to songs, his strength was dancing and that's what they mostly used him as. So like you said, like when this came out, we didn't really know what to expect. We knew that he was influenced by JB, but we didn't know exactly how or what was going to come out of him. He mentioned that he was really, really nervous for performing a whole song by himself which is why I think a lot of the songs have features on them it was kind of like uh yes I'm ready but also like can you help me out a little bit so it it was it was a good it was a good start and I think the title song with gray I think it was great because yes because they were able to perform together so he wasn't on the stage by himself when he was going to all these music shows and I think it's genius that he's still doing the idol thing of going to music shows because like man's gotta eat like that's it's great and the fact that they're 
still allowing him to go when his music isn't exactly idolish. Amazing. Agreed. So I love it. I love it. Also, I forgot to mention the song with Jay Park. It was just so good. And their their little showcase yes. was great. And I and again, it's something that I <laughs> Jay Park will stay trying to retire for like the next 30 years. And I think he'll stay doing features just to help people out. So I yeah. think not that he needed to help you, but I think it was a good decision and a good move to like show the unity and like that mm-hmm. now he's like, I'm the I'm the young here now. I'm mm-hmm. guiding and like I'm part of it and I'm mm-hmm. I'm invested in his success. So that was great. But it's really I, it's really funny that when I was trying to say of like which songs I liked or which ones I still remembered, the melody from Running Through the Rain never leaves me. There's something about that song. <laughs> like the whole rent free that song in my head for some reason it just is but all of them like again the one with with jay park and the one with davida and the one with gray like each of them are they're pretty different all the songs and Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like it's a heartbreak album um yes but there's also like i don't know there's a lot of notes to it and it was just really really well done that's all i have to say i agree i think amg in general has some of the more iconic hip-hop artists in the Korean industry. I think they're a pretty well-established and well-known label in Korea for hip-hop and R&B. And I think a big part of that, not a big part of it, all of it is because of Jay Park and his ability to pull the talent that he has pulled. I think it personally, the even though they have amazing artists and singers, I think the strength of AOMG is in their producers because gray and code cunts work which uh, those are the ones that i know um the most they work with so many different artists code cunts is in like a bunch of different variety shows how i have no idea sought out like man's is sought out and they they both make all these beautiful songs for the artists within the label and artists outside that I think if it wasn't for them, it would be a very different label. Oh, yeah. I think I think 100% they have their DNA written all over the music that comes out. And I think, obviously, we've heard them talking about how difficult it is for them to release their own music because they're always working on other people's music. So not surprised that it took Gray freaking 10 years Forever. to drop his own album. Uh, but truly what they do for others and the way that they, what they add as producers is I'm excited to see what both labels or what all of these labels do moving forward without Jay Park at the helm. Cause I'm sure he had a very heavy hand and, and like sourcing and hiring and convincing people to join his label. So I want to see what else is in store for AOMG. I think they're set with five of the artists that they have are really the the ones that are bringing in the money so that they can keep investing in the label and, and keep investing in new talent. Mm-hmm. So just, I want to see more like that Monique gift that I would like to see it. Like just what, whatever's coming next, I'm here for it. And just as a highlight, they're actually currently touring the US. We are filming this on the 19th, which I believe they had their South, South by, by Southwest. Southwest event yesterday. So they're currently touring. And if you get a chance or if you live in one of the cities that they're going to West Coast, you should really check them out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MIA2K podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead. 
So please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale. Bye.